0: All right, well, thanks, uh, John, and welcome to each one that's here tonight. Now, uh, uh, I'm assuming there may be some here that weren't here. I'd like to just uh, go back and... uh, give a quick review. Now, we started out, I don't have the first session on here, but uh, started out uh, why I believe that the early church uh, uh, interpreted the scripture literally. And uh, if what I have read is correct, uh, there was no uh, church that would have officially uh, used a non-literal method of interpretation until about 4.30. Uh, And of course, uh, I believe that uh, the early church fathers taught uh, literal interpretation of scripture Then we went to uh, the uh, prophecies of Christ's coming, and uh, I'm not going to be talking as much about current events and all that. We believe that there's things happening today that give us indication that we're near uh, the rapture of the church. And so I started out by uh, giving a list of scriptures that uh, talk about the coming of Christ, uh, uh, Christ coming the first time, like Genesis 3:15 and and some of those. My goal is that uh, we can uh, I can point out what uh, the scriptures say and I'm like uh, a teacher I had earlier that said that uh, he's not as much concerned about what people say as he is what does the scripture say you know we say this man said that and that man said this and, and so on and so Christ's present position as we understand from scripture is that he is at the right hand of the Father interceding for the believers, awaiting the time when the scripture uses the term, uh, his enemies become his footstool. And then uh, we looked at the return of Christ for his own, the judgment seat of Christ, and the marriage of the land. And then the great tribulation, and then his coming with power and great glory. And uh, we looked at the marriage of the Lamb, uh, and the scripture that talk about uh, uh, you know as a virgin the spouse of God, and how that God is portrayed as the husband of Israel. And uh, then um, <clears throat> we looked at uh, Israel in the Old Testament. It is viewed as a, as a widow. And uh, Israel is as divorced. And then it talks about being restored as Jehovah's wife. And... Uh, then we went to the return of Christ, continued, and we started in the thousand year reign, and, uh, and then looked at uh, the great white throne judgment. And then I had on there, the, we never got to the eternal order. I kind of got sidetracked here on uh, the thousand year reign and some of the things that kept coming up and uh, then uh, tonight I'd like to start with uh, what does the Bible say about the beginning of the thousand year reign and we have the First thing uh, that's uh No, oh, that's not where I wanna be. How'd that get there? Somehow same. Why doesn't it stay with me? I'm not sure. All right, we have uh, the uh, geographic changes at the at the coming of of the millennium. And uh, I'm going to just touch on some scriptures. And so uh, the first one is Zechariah 14, 4 and 8. And so here it says in Zechariah 14, 4, His feet shall stand in that day upon upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall uh, remove toward the north, half of it toward the south. Now, when I was with uh, Abner Stoltz on the Mount of Olives, uh, there was one place where we, were, where we looked west, and, one po- and at the same time we could look east, and we saw we were on top of the Mount of Olives, and we could see the Mediterranean Sea to the west, and the Dead Sea to the east, and according to this scripture, that mountain's going to move. And uh, let's see, what does Zechariah 14.8 say? Uh, it says, And it shall be in that day that the living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea, in summer and in winter shall be. And then uh, Joel 3.18 it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine and the hills shall flow with milk and all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters and fountains shall come from the house of the Lord and, and shall uh, water the valley. Now maybe I should have gone to uh, Ezekiel here where you have the picture or the, uh, yeah, we're t- talks about the water flowing from the temple to both seas. And the Dead Sea will become alive. And, is is anybody here that's been there? Like the Dead Sea where you can almost float in the water. I didn't try it when we were there. I I took my shoes off and got in a little bit, but uh, uh, we didn't go swimming or anything like that but there's, there's nothing lives in the water of the Dead Sea and uh, the scriptures talk about that there will be fish there people will be fishing there today uh, uh, the Jordan River flows into the, the Dead Sea And uh, the Dead Sea has no outlet, except what evaporates. And it's very rich in minerals. And uh, so that'll be the one great geographical change. And of course, uh, interestingly, you will hear people talking about uh, that Christ did stand on the Mount of Olives, but uh, this is, I think, talking about a future time when he will come and uh, there will be a big earthquake and things will, will really change. Uh, Jerusalem will be secure. All the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Rimmon, south of Jerusalem. And it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate unto the place of the first gate unto the corner gate from the tower of Hananiel unto the king's wine presses. In verse 11. And men shall dwell in it and there shall be no more utter destruction but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. Isaiah 2. Uh, verse 2 and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it Isaiah 35 1 and 2 the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. Glory of Lebanon shall be given unto the excellency of Carmel and Sharon and shall see the glory of the Lord the excellency of our God. Now, I don't... uh, there's some things that are taking place in Israel today that uh, you know it's like one writer said that uh, the um, you know the nations uh, all think that Jerusalem should not belong to, to Israel they had a United Nations, UNESCO had a meeting just uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, they declared that uh, uh, Israel doesn't belong there. Now understand in the Arab schools uh, in the school they do not have Israel on the map. It's not there because they don't think it belongs there. Then, just last week, I read an article about the archaeologists are saying that uh, there is there is history that it, Jerusalem was inhabited by Israel for several thousand years, and uh, but nobody agrees with them. And of course, first of all. Uh, in the uh, Six-Day War, uh, Israel uh, gained some ground, the West Bank, Golan Heights, and uh, Gaza Strip. And something is taking place that we have no record that was ever done in history. And that is that a country Is asked to give back the spoil of war. Not heard of. And basically, all the nations think they should give it back. Now, they gave back the Gaza Strip and uh, are receiving a lot of uh, missiles from there ever since. And so, uh, but the scripture has a different story for that. And then, also, we have there uh, that um, in Genesis 15, 18 to 21 and Ezekiel 47, 21, 22, uh, where it talks about that uh, we want to look at Genesis a little later here, but Ezekiel 47, 21 and 22 say so shall ye divide this land unto you according to the tribes of Israel. And it shall come to pass that ye shall divide it by lot for an inheritance unto you and the strangers and sojourn among you and shall beget children among you. And so, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how to, what to expect that's going to happen. It talks about their spiritual life and in Isaiah 11, where he talks about uh, uh, Isaiah 11, 9 and 10 says that they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, and shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Jeremiah 31. 31 verse 33 and 34 but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put my law in their inward parts and write in write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Uh, Jeremiah, and then verse 34, They shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, and they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, and I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. All right, anything you would like to say or... Add here. That
1: never happened. That never happened. Everybody knows the court No, that's <laughs> right.
0: And so, what do we make out of? And uh, maybe we'll we'll get into more of that later. But uh, the fact that uh, that uh, you know he he says that he will make a new covenant. And I think we're getting, uh, am I wrong to say that the New Testament is not the New Covenant? If the New Testament is the New Covenant, that's only part of it, and we want to be looking at God's covenant with Abraham in just a bit here. But um, we also have then the Holy Spirit will indwell all believers. Well, that is uh, true for today too. Now Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-four. I will take you from among the heathen, gather you out of all countries, and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. Ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgment and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people. Ezekiel thirty-seven fourteen. he says, and, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed, saith the Lord. Verse 39, 39 29, Neither will I hide my face anymore more from them. For I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. Now, one thing that is different in this than what we have in the church. And uh, the church was never promised a land. And there's where I think to be able to follow what the scriptures say, we have to make a distinction between the church and Israel. And uh, because uh, there is a difference. And uh, the, uh, you know, the, The next one, uh, any any comments or any uh, further questions here? Now, I believe, from what I understand from Scripture, that one of the highlighted, one of the basic things of the millennium is that during the millennium God's promise to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and David will be fully realized. They'll be in their land. They'll have a king ruling with a rod of iron. Everything, and of course, uh, some of the outstanding things that uh, we look forward to. Peter talks about this and uh, when the elements shall melt and everything like that. And he says, but we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth. Wherein dwelleth righteousness? Two words that come up in relation to the the reign of Christ in the millennium is righteousness and holiness. And how would it be to live in an environment where there wouldn't be anything to distract us from what's right. I mean, that's the way it shall be. All right, I'd like for you to go with me through the Abrahamic covenant. And uh, I don't know if I said this any evening or not, but I am getting to the place where this thing of the future events that God lays out in his scripture become bigger and bigger. There's just more and more. And I don't think I have it. In, uh, and and uh, some of these things I'm just... Uh, Finding as I'm going through the scriptures, and uh, why is it that we read scriptures and we don't see it all? The next time we read it, oh, I didn't know that was it. But that just happens again and again. I remember Abner Stoltz, who's when I Received light. I found the Lord as my Savior. And uh, Abner Stosis, uh, every time I met him, he used to come over to your daddy-in-law there and said to me, uh, Does God still love you? And he told me that at that time, he had read the scriptures 13 times. And he said, Every time he reads it, he finds something he didn't see before. And that just continues on and on. But I think there's something about uh, learning uh, a new truth, or may I say an aspect of the the truth, because I don't think that the word truth is ever used in the plural in Scripture, unless I missed it somehow. Uh, it's uh, and so when we learn a new truth it's only another aspect of the whole and it all fits together and when when it's finished it's going to be exactly the way it was planned from the beginning there won't be any deviations and uh, God uh, uh can finish it. And he has made room for all of us. If we miss it, it's still going to go on, just like he planned it. All right, let's go to Genesis 12, 1 to to 3. Now, it says that uh, here the Lord had said unto Abram that he's to get out of his country from his kindred, from his father's house into the land that I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, Curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Have you ever talked to someone that said, I can trace my lineage to Abraham? And uh, met an old man in Belize one day, and got started talking to him, and he told me that, they were in Belize uh, before Columbus uh, discovered America and all that. They came around by the, uh, Siberia or however. And uh, he was an old man. And, and he said he can trace his lineage back to Abraham. And I've heard uh, Amish people say that we're descendants of Abraham. I don't know which tribe we're supposed to be in. My uh, brother Jake said that he had a fellow there one day and he got, got on the track and I forget which tribe. He said the Amish are a certain tribe of Abraham. Well, I think it's an attempt to connect in here where it says that uh, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And I think we fit in there through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came as the, from the seed of Abraham.
1: Amen. The seed of Isaac, really.
0: All right, let's look at chapter 13 then, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it. To thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Now, I'm not sure that. Israel ever conquered all the land I uh, I'm not sure if they did or not but uh, if they did they uh, they somehow uh, <clears throat> lost some of it again but then let's go to uh, chapter 15. And uh, I don't know if I should read that. Who knows what's in chapter fifteen? What would you say? The cutting, of the, the cutting of the covenant. All right. And here's something that somehow I had not fully seen I didn't know the significance of it until I read a couple articles and uh, and I checked it out just the other day on uh, on, uh, the internet about the blood covenant and uh, here um Again, uh, Abraham's. Uh... Okay, here in the beginning of this chapter, again, uh, Abraham is questioning. Let's see, at this point, he would be, uh, hmm, maybe 90, 99 years old? It wouldn't be that uh, would have been uh, he would have been in his 80s, I guess. I'm not quite sure how many years are here, and so he suggests that uh, uh, there could be a child raised here from Eliezer. in verse 15 3 it says and abram said behold to me thou hast given no seed and lo one born in my house is mine heir and behold the word of the lord uh, came unto him saying this shall not be thine heir but he that comes forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir and then he goes again and uh, Uh, talks about uh, the stars and uh, if he's able to number them so shall he his seed be and here's an interesting verse verse 6 it says he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness and I think that's a key verse in reference to Abraham he believed God, and God accounted it to him for righteousness. And so verse 7, he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of the Chaldees to give thee, give thee this land to inherit it. And so he said uh, to God, Whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said, take me a heifer of three years old, a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And so he took these animals and cut them in half and laid them out. Uh, left a path, you know, no, just laid him out and left a path to walk through. And uh, there's something a little unusual about this covenant. I understand that a blood covenant that was made between two men
2: they would walk
0: through here together. And so the idea was that anyone that would uh, violate that covenant would experience what is done to. Now let's see, what does it say about what took place? Uh, Here he talks about uh, verse 13. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, they shall afflict them four hundred years, and also that nation whom... they shall serve will I judge afterward shall they come out with great substance and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace thou shalt be buried in a good old age but in the fourth generation sh- they shall come hither again for the iniquity of the Amorites is uh, not yet full and that, that statement uh has caught my attention for a number of years that uh, I'm not quite sure what's all involved in that. Do you have anything on that? There's something about judgment. Amorites were due judgment, apparently, Mm -hmm. but uh, the time was not quite right. And so he takes Israel to Egypt, according to this uh, 400 years, And then brings them back. Now, notice verse 17. It came to pass that when the sun went down, and it was dark, behold a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those two. It appears from this that Abraham went into a deep sleep and God passed through
1: this as a seal to the covenant
0: that he makes with Abraham. And I think that's why Uh, They didn't both go through. And so it's it's up to God. And he's going to make it work. And so... uh, 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 I think that's why God's covenant with Abraham is called an unconditional covenant. And so, um, do you have anything more to say on that?
1: I would really have understood that in some cases it was a greater
2: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah.
1: So what does it mean? Uh, God says to Israel, "Sometimes you have broken my covenant." What does it mean by
0: that? Well, they didn't. uh, Their uh, promise to remain in the land and to prosper was given to them. And it was was spelled out that if they would violate that, he would bring judgment. And he did. And so much so that, uh, that we go through the history and we say, how can God go on? But I think we do that because we can't comprehend the greatness of God, the Almighty God. And we're living in a day when people say that the church has replaced Israel. Well, God didn't say that. He doesn't say it. I mean, uh, I've seen several writings where men have claimed that the church is the thousand-year reign. Is that all there is to it? Can you, can you point me to a group that calls themselves a church and everything is righteousness and holiness and peace and
1: love?
0: I'm expecting something much greater than that. <laughs> and uh, so, all right, so then... Uh, he goes on here in verse 18. It says, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land. And it, he gives the, the boundaries and he, and uh, the area of the nations that are occupying that land. He said, it's going to be yours. And as I said before, I don't think that that has ever been realized. And especially, it's not happening today. Well, let's go then to the the chapter 17. Okay, now... Abraham was questioning God, you know, where is this? I read a story one time, a man was commenting on Abram, and uh, see, the word, the name Abram means uh, father of many. Abraham, is the father of many nations. And so he he was living there in the land, which was a trade route between Egypt and the countries to the north and the east. And uh, these traders would come meet this man and ask him what his name is. My name's Abraham. Oh, how many children do you have? Don't have any, and so here in chapter uh, 15, he was suggesting that one of his servants could fill in here and raise up seed, and God said, uh, "No, that's not the way it's supposed to be." Now in chapter 16, Ishmael comes on the scene. And that's between uh, 15 and seventeen. Now in chapter 17, uh, now Ishmael would have been, I think was about thirteen years old. we'll find here. and uh, Abram is 99 years old. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I'm the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And then he says, I will make my covenant with you, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. And uh, then he changed his name from Abram to Abraham because. You're going to be a father of many nations. And then he says, I will make thee exceeding fruitful, make nations of thee, kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant. to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. Now, uh, it's interesting to me, in this covenant, he is singling out my covenant. And I think he did that to Noah. He did that to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he did it to David, which I'd like to look at uh, a little later sometime. Now, next we have
2: uh,
0: verse 10. He says, This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child, you, sh- you shall be circumcised. And so here he institutes the, uh, the circumcision that became a, kind of a big deal for them. And especially uh, at the time of, of the early church. And again he says, this is my covenant which you shall keep. And uh, so on. And he gives them how when they should be circumcised. Uh, and he that is born in thy house, he that is bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised. My covenant shall be your f- in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man-child, whose flesh of, my, of his horse skin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. And then he again inserts this, that, uh, that Sarah, thy wife, shall not call her name... Sarah, I'm not sure if that's pronounced correctly or not, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her and give thee a son of her, and uh, I will bless her, and she shall be mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and Sarah that is ninety years old? And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. And of course, we know the story later on God makes uh, very clear that in Isaac is the seed alright any comments anything you would like to say here or any questions
1: we uh... <clears throat>
2: One of the things in the birthright was the promise that the Messiah would come from the recipient of the birthright. Or from his posterity. Is that true? So Esau basically would have been blind to have Messiah come from him. He sold it to Jacob. He didn't care for the king of God. Yeah. Was well, that well, one that's, of the uh, one of the significance about the birthright was I know that there was something significant about it, but I don't
0: have those details. I appreciate that. And so, what was about circumcision that they had this big uh, spiel after the church?
1: Yeah, kind of like okay. a token. God said, If you don't have a sign, you accept not accepting my covenant or your elders. And so every male had a what do you call a mark. a mark
0: signifying Transferred on and on in generations to the seed of the coming of the Messiah.
1: Moses almost lost his
0: life. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. Well. I think
2: it's just I think Yeah.
0: You're a bloody husband.
2: Yeah. I think when he was rejected as as Israel's deliverer, when he was going to deliver Israel from Egypt and then rejected him and he fled to the wilderness, it almost appeared that he refused to identify with the Hebrews and didn't didn't circumcise his sons. And the Bible says God had him in the way after God called him to deliver his people And God was going to kill him, he says right in Exodus four twenty-four. God is going to kill and then the poor took the spending and circumcised sons of the Alright. So what was
0: missing uh, in the early church <coughs> when these people insisted that circumcision needs to follow?
1: <coughs> Isn't that another big sign that Israel...
0: well, I don't know right how to say it, but they they missed what circumcision was about. (coughs) And it became a tradition. And they couldn't see how that in Christ they're all one without circumcision. And Christ was the person that the Covenant was all about. And so, I think they missed it. Now, you know, after a little convincing, some of them caught on. That is, the believers. But outside of that, no. So, did you have more you wanted to say on that? The
2: Yeah. No, it just appears that he was bitter and refused to identify with the Hebrews yeah. when he fled into the wilderness and got married and had children. Because he didn't circumcise his sons, he didn't have really to identify with those who rejected him. Yeah. That's probably one of the poor circumstances in God and children of his
0: Alright, let's uh <laughs> let's look at the Palestinian covenant. Now very interesting verse here in Deuteronomy one ten. now here Moses is talking to the children of Israel that survived the wilderness journey and now he says in Deuteronomy 1.10 says the Lord your God hath multiplied you and behold you are this day as the stars of heaven for a multitude, and uh, and I think that uh, uh, Moses is seeing that this is part of what God promised Abraham. You know. All right, let's look at the new covenant. In Jeremiah 31. I'm going to just quickly read this. And then uh, let you make some comments there if you want to. Now, behold the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with with the house of Judah. And here's why I... Inserted a while ago is the New Testament, the New Covenant. Jeremiah 31:32. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God. They shall be my people and they shall teach no more. Every man, his neighbor, every man, his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. We had that here before. From the least of these unto the greatest of them, said the Lord, and I will forgive their iniquity and will remember their sin no more. Verse 35, Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, which divideth the seas when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus saith the Lord, If heaven above can be measured, and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel. For all that they have
1: done, saith the Lord.
0: What's the thought?
1: Well, see, so you're looking at 31, but it says, uh, I will make
0: a new covenant with the house of Israel. Yeah. And I sure can't say that I really understand it. But I can't say that I really understand God, either. I mean, uh, and so I think we should be careful when we uh, say God will never do it, anything as far as that's concerned. So you have a New Testament verse. How about Romans 11,
2: 26
0: and 27? And so, all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. And so, first evening there was a man here that asked the question. He said, do you believe that all Israel shall be saved? I'm not quite sure how I answered that uh, I think I told him we'll get to that later, but I wasn't quite sure where he's coming from. I don't know the man. I don't even remember which one of them it was that was here. But when God takes away their sin, they will be saved. And so, you know, one of the things that enters in here, uh, I think there's something about the, and so all Israel shall be saved. Now, Whether there will be any here that will reject that, I don't know. But see, it's a little like Jesus said to Nicodemus. He says that except a man be born again, he'll not see the kingdom of God. And that's that's kind of real to me. Because in my experience, when I saw the light, I thought I could tell everybody. Only to discover. that Some people just look at you as if you're going crazy. You know. And it took me a while to work through that until I realized Why that was. And that was simply because they did not have it. And they couldn't understand even what I'm saying. And the scriptures are clear that in this new covenant, He's going to give them the Spirit. And they're going to respond. Is that doesn't that make sense? Isn't God able to do that? Well, I'll I'll leave room for the fact there may be something here that I have missed and am not seeing. But whatever This means God's going to do it. And, uh, oh, I don't have that scripture verse, uh, chapter. There's one, maybe several in a row there in Ezekiel, where there's a lot of I wills in saying what God is going to do. In the, in the book of Ezekiel, there are at least 60 verses that say the equivalent of, and they shall know that I am the Lord. When judgment is finished, there's not going to be any question. Israel shall know, the heathen shall know, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And so, all right, any questions? Uh, anything you want to uh, want to bring in here?
1: So you, this is a new covenant in, in Jeremiah 31? Yeah. It's a new covenant.
0: Maybe, maybe it should be said. You know, all those things that God has arranged for the future and the, pre- and the present. It's like I uh, I carried a. Uh... Chain Reference, what's the name? Thompson's Thompson Chain Reference for a while. And I noticed that in some of the Psalms, when it makes reference to Zion and uh, Jerusalem, the heading of the Psalm, they wrote in, this is the church. Well, I don't think that's correct. But there is this fact. In those psalms and in the references of the millennium in the, in the scriptures, there are applications that can apply to the church. But to say that this is the church, that's not what the scripture says. And so, I think if we could see a body of believers that calls themselves a church and everybody would be fully yielded to the Holy Spirit you would see a picture of what God has for the future. But somehow uh, we, uh, we aren't naturally inclined to yield because we have it all together and maybe just a little bit better than anybody else and so
1: so what are you, you saying the covenant that he talks about there is that for the church or is
0: that for Israel which says it's for Israel
1: even, even there where it says in uh, Romans 11 25 it says that the blindness of the heart has happened to Israel until yeah. the
0: Gentiles come in until the time of the Gentiles see, see I guess that's in Luke 21 where it says until the fullness of the Gentiles come
1: in until the fullness of the talking
0: to Israel there about them all being saved yeah. let's well, see uh, I don't have a problem with the with statement in scripture. I, I I'll grant There may be more there than I see, but... Uh,
2: isn't, I, isn't the time that the Gentiles talking about the laws of sovereignly the nation and the Messiah comes? Isn't that
0: the time of the Gentiles? The yeah. Gentiles? yeah. Jerusalem shall be trodden underfoot till the time Gentiles be fulfilled. And that began when they went into captivity. Ezekiel 21, 25, 26, somewhere around there, says, uh, I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more until he come whose right it is, and I will give it to him. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes as Lord of Lords, King of Kings you know people uh, uh, say say he's reigning today in the hearts of people well he himself said to the church of Laodicea he says to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I have overcome and am set with my Father in his throne. His position today is sitting with the Father, interceding for us. Maybe we should do like, a brother asked me one time, he said, have you ever thought about how many times Christ has to intercede for you in one day? Yeah. All right. Let's thank the Lord. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son who was willing to come to this earth and take upon himself our iniquities and to be able to go to the cross and there reconcile us to you by his blood. Tonight, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you have so arranged that we have your word thank you for those that have gone the way before us and have taught us your word and so I pray that somehow we could relay to those who you bring into our lives the great plan of redemption and the marvelous Things that you have arranged for us yet to come. And so may we be able, by your grace, to honor you in what we do, trust you to go with us from here, and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.